some Asian cultures think LGBTQ stuff is dishonorable, which is yeah, yeah. which like depends more. In, in my opinion, depends more on like your family or family class or whatever. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And yeah, yeah. anyway, I did not grow up in a typical Asian household, so I can't relate. Um, uh, same. So, yeah, so that's why. Well, yeah. Um, I. Uh, <laughs> Hey everybody, welcome back to the Anime Summit Podcast. It's your favorite host with the most, Sam the Bomb. And of course with me every week is Danny. Hello, hello, hello. And again, Nick is not here because we have not resolved his laptop issue. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I did get a hold of some computers and laptops from some friends. Uh, Shout out to my friend Kaya for providing them. But um... Yeah, uh, one of them, I think, I think, yeah, I think they're, they need to be reset and I don't know, a bunch of stuff. But anyway, yeah, we are trying to figure that out. We got options. I think Nick also has like a computer sitting there, but like he needs something for it. I don't even know, but like we're, we're figuring it out and then he'll be back, but he kind of just figuring it out. Yep. He yep. kind of just thought, don't worry about it. Like just do this one without me while I try to figure this out. And so we're going to do that. Which- and plus. Which in one? all honesty, I feel like this is not something Nick would have liked anyway. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah, uh, this episode we're going to talk about Stranger by the Shore or La Stranger de la Plague or Umibe no Stranger or Etranger. Etranger. I don't know how to say it, but <laughs> there's like 50 different names for it. But like, um, this is a 2020 movie, and uh, yeah, it's really cute. It is a, a boys love romance, romantic movie. Really cool. So, yeah, we're going to talk about that. And then, uh, yeah, dude, uh, links.animesummit.net. Okay, that's where you can find all the good stuff. Where to join the Discord, where to listen. There's like links to Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, things like that. Or I almost said iTunes. Media. Again. I was legit about to say iTunes again. <laughs> iTunes, go to iTunes. I mean, we're we're part of that generation where, you know, iTunes first came out. So, I, I feel like the commercials I, for it. I, yeah, I feel like forever it will forever be just iTunes for me. Right, right. Um, yeah, dude. And then the Discord is there, which is cool because, um, we got manga book club watch parties. All kinds of cool things. Our mods are really cool. Um, shout out to Ed for doing our social media stuff from now on too, as well. That's... Helping, not not just doing it. Yeah, Danny still does it, kind <laughs> of, not really, but. Hey. <laughs> That's not nice. Danny's like, I'm a working bitch. All right. Yeah. Right. <laughs> but no, I think between, because Danny and Ed both have full time jobs too, and. Between the two of them, it's just easier. You know what I mean? So he's helping out. Um, yeah, dude. So shout out to Ed for that. Uh, Danny, do you want to hit the listener question of the week? Listener question of the week is by Mike. And he asks, if you were to rewatch an anime right now, just for yourself, what would it be? Okay, here's the perfect time to plug the, patron- the Patreon. Here's why. <laughs> because I'm rewatching two OVAs from my childhood and reviewing them for solo casts. And those solo casts are like they're podcasts but with just one of one of the three hosts. And 
I am reviewing. I'm not even going to say it. I'm just going to censor it right there. So you don't. Yeah, you got to find out. You got to become a patron to find out. Oh. <laughs> uh, but like, yeah, dude. Uh, and it's uh, so those are what I'm watching. I'm going to watch those. Um, but honestly, to answer this question. Uh, they were talking about it earlier in the Discord. Um, the the Tenchi Muyo. Yes. Yeah, I want to because like I remember we were talking about it. It's funny because Ed had said it to me last week. Like, Sam, have you ever seen Tenchi GXP? And I was like, mm-hmm. oh yeah, that's the newer mm-hmm. one in space, right? Like the one or not newer, but like it was one of the later ones. And um, he was like, yeah. And I was like, okay, I want to go back and watch them all because like I have a bunch of like VHSs of Tenchi. Uh, a bunch of them are like the Tenchi Universe series, and then there's Tenchi in Tokyo. Yeah. And then yeah. there's Tenchi Muyo, which was like the first one, I think. And then, yeah. So I remember Tenchi in Tokyo was like the newest one when I was a kid. Yeah, um, same. He's like trying to go to school or some shit. And then, yeah, I remember in Tokyo, like the day he moves closer to the city. And then there was GXP. I remember that one. And then, yeah. So I kind of want to, I want to go back and watch all the Tenchi stuff, honestly. Like, because I don't remember them. That's the OG harem. OG harem, dude. OG harem. <laughs> and Ryoko's OG waifu. Like, oh my gosh, yes. yes. They're like, you're, if you're a kid, your waifu was Bulma or Missy. And then if you were an adult otaku back then, your, your waifu was Ryoko. Like, that's what it was. Mm-hmm, like, mm-hmm. Legit. What about you? Um, I mean, definitely Tenshi Muyo for sure. Um... Outlaw Star would definitely be a good rewatch for me. And oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah. And uh, Princess Tutu would be yeah. another rewatch for me as well. Which, Loki, I kind of do just want to just rewatch Princess Tutu. Because I watched that when I was a teenager and stuff. So, And I thought that was pretty awesome because it was... It's revolved around dancing, and I was dancing at the time really heavily. Yeah. So I was really inspired by that. For sure. So. For sure. Yeah, dude, we should watch Tenchi because Ed said it was telling us to watch GXP, and then today Mike was like, yeah, I wouldn't watch the, the Tenchi Muyo OVAs. I was like, damn mm. it, dude, let's watch it. But um, Watch Party. Watch Party. <laughs> I should rewatch Outlaw Star too. I haven't seen that in forever. I love Outlaw Star. Dude, I have I have the the Blu-ray when it came out on Blu-ray. Nice. I have it. I got it. Nice, dude. Nice one. Yeah, dude, we should. We should watch that. We should watch Outlaw Star and Tenshi. Let's do it. Yeah. Let's do it. Okay. The first real experience of a gay man was in Outlaw Star for me. Like seeing a very feminine, flamboyant man who was in love with another man, that was Fred. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, dude. Fred was great. I love Fred. Shout out to Fred. <laughs> um. Okay, waifu and his bando, Danny. Waifu? <laughs> Uh, waifu is Mio Chibana, and husbando is Shun Hashimoto. Yeah, Mio is a is a dude, but like 
he's like the male wife in this this yes. movie. So like totally, yeah, he had really to put... is a male wife. Oh my gosh, <laughs> yes, <laughs> totally had to put Mio. Um, but yeah, he's super cute. He's he's kind of sensitive. Um, he develops a lot in the movie, which I like. Um, but yeah, dude, let's just get into the main topic. Let's do it. Yeah, Stranger yeah. by the I'm Shore. Excited. Let a stranger de la plague. So like, it it's it's actually a series of manga. There's like different. Uh, they they compile in different volumes, right? So there's Le Tranger de la Plague, Le Tranger du Zephyr, and which is a sequel, and the anime film that we're talking about adapts Le Tranger de la Plague, which is the Stranger by the Shore or Stranger by the the Beach, as some people say it. So like the Japanese name for it, they use the word a stranger, uh, which is umi umi ibe no etoranze or etoranja. Which is kind of weird, but like, if you translate it to English, you know, either way, it's "Stranger by the Shore" or "Stranger at the sh- at the Beach," um, which is funny because, like, I think in other countries too, they've they've even called it "Seaside Stranger," which is mm-hmm. whatever. But uh, I guess, like, you know, it translates differently everywhere. That being said, uh, this was directed by Akio Ohashi at Studio Hibari. Um, Akio Ohashi, this is, I think this is, they were an episode director on some, on some TV shows. They were the director on the Given OVA, Odagawa no Sanzai. Yeah. And they were the director and storyboard in Hosen no Kuni. So like, uh, the ONA, Country of Jewels, or, yeah. What is the, the, the English name for this show? Land of Lustrous. Land of Lustrous. Sheesh. Okay, there we go. <laughs> and then, yeah, they and they also directed Sakura Capsule, which I've never seen. It was OVA from 2014. I heard it's really cute. Um, this was in 2020. Studio Hibari, I thought was pretty interesting. Um, they're kind of a smaller studio that have helped out as producers at on many other shows, but not as like the actual like main development studio. Mm-hmm. So like they were producers on assassination assassination classroom um danganronpa monster musume kuzuno hankai uh they're a producer on radiant um they're the studio on the major series okay did not know that there we go shit so they've been around for a while actually holy shit yeah i'm i'm looking at at what they've done oh they did street fighter 2v holy shit never mind (laughs) they did they did happy lesson if you ever watched that that's another harem. Harem. Oh, they did Weiss Survive R. That's hilarious. <laughs> <That's funny. laughs> um, fight Ipatsu Judenchan. I've never seen this. This looks cute. This this girl looks like she want to fight, but she got bunny ears. <laughs> That's cute. The main character's name is Plug Cryostat. I love it. I'm already okay. I'm watching this. What you're already you. on it. Yeah. I'm already on it, dude. Let's do it. <laughs> um, but yeah, there you go. That's Studio Hibari. I am clearly ignorant. Okay, I'm straight ignorant. I did not know that they've been around that long. Um, but uh, oops, hold on. I accidentally closed that page. Here we go. Um, but yeah, dude. And then uh, music is Mina Kobuta. Chief animation director is Mayubi Watanabe. They've done a lot of character designing. Um, started doing a lot more key animation and animation in the mid-2000s and 2010s. 
their animation director for episode three of Radiant, the chief animation director for this movie. They did a lot of in-betweens for fairy tale and uh, things like that. And then, of course, based on the manga, Umibe no Etranger by Kana Ki, serialized in On Blue magazine bi-monthly. And the runtime is 59 minutes. And it is a boys love slice of life romance. So, initial thoughts. There was a lot of cats, 10 out of 10. Okay, yeah. and thank you for listening to <laughs> the Anime Summer Podcast. I knew it. <laughs> there is a lot. No, there is like a lot of cats. There's but yeah, like, like two cats. There's like two or three cats in it. Two and they cats all... snuggling with each other. I love it. I was like, let me have them, let me have them cats right now, dude. <laughs> this romance is cute, but like I really want these kitties. I want these kitties. <laughs> um, no, I thought it was, you know, for like, um, a shorter movie of it's, it's a, a little under an hour and, um, the animation was okay. It had, it kind of had like that, that budget, what's kind of like, um, for a regular show almost. It wasn't like super. Yeah, it definitely, uh, it, it was, it, you can definitely tell that not a lot of money went into this really. So... Um, I mean, it's definitely one of those type, like, I guess if you want to Americanize it, this is the type of movie that kind of like went direct to video instead of going to like a theater. It definitely did not have like the average, like, cause like when you, when you think about anime films, they definitely always have a a stronger budget and the animation is Mm -hmm. a little bit more, a little more out there and up there, you know, um, this yeah. did not seem to have that, which didn't really affect the affect my enjoyment of it too much. Yeah, Cause it is a really simple story. Same. Yeah. You know, yeah. But for how yeah. simple it is though, I think, um, it, it did what it was supposed to do really well. It did. Yeah. Really, I know. mean, I, I still think it was well drawn. Like, I, I don't know about you, Sam, but I, I will say the, uh, like how the eyes were drawn. I couldn't stop looking at those eyes. Yeah, yeah, it's very, <laughs> it's very. Uh, what does it remind me of? I don't even know. But like, um, Kanaki, uh, their art style is is really, really easy on the eyes. It's really, it keeps, mm-hmm. it kind of calms you down a little bit. Very soft, kind of. It's very soft tones. Um, yeah it's not like there wasn't any kind of harsh tones or anything like that it was very soft and appealing to the eye yeah so and the color pages in the manga and the covers and stuff like that are very like watercolor they're very aesthetic dot jpeg you know what i mean like (laughs) it's they're so good you know what i mean like they're really and they're really bright Kind of reminds me of, um, um, because it's like it because it takes place by the shore, you know, by the beach and it, on this kind of seaside cafe. It kind of reminds me of um, those color artworks of like Sora on the beach, like from Kingdom Hearts. You oh know? yeah, yeah. Kind of reminds me of that color wise, not art wise, but mm-hmm. color wise. Yeah. And art wise, it's very. I love all the shadows and things like that. But yeah, the the art style itself, the character design. And the way everything is detailed is is very nice, very, very, very aesthetic, very, very cute. Um, 
And I think the character designer really tried to, uh, uh, I think they, I don't know if they, they had a separate character designer for the movie, which I can't seem to find, but obviously they based it off of Kaneki's artwork and the eyes are a little bigger in the anime than they are in the manga, but that doesn't really, it doesn't, it's not too big of a change. And it's in fact kind of nice because they want you to, to like be attracted to mm-hmm. the characters, even yeah. the characters that weren't the main two characters, you know, you were attracted to like all the other characters that were on screen. Yeah. Um, you know. Kaneki was the character she she did the character design for the. No, movie. I know. Yeah, she's the manga. Oh, I just yeah. wanted to. Yeah, because I was trying to see if they there was a separate. Yeah. No, she she did them. She was also a supervisor apart uh, for the, for the film too. I just thought sometimes because sometimes like they put character designer. Yeah, they really put different the, people for the character design. Yeah. Yeah. For like when they translate it to animation, but. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Like I I I thought it's really easy on the eyes for sure. Uh. And then I really like, um, I kind of didn't really remember too much of the music. There wasn't really a lot of, No. there was like an end credit song. But which ho- hold on, before we really get deep into it, what what is this movie about? <laughs> Holy shit. Yeah, I started popping <laughs> off. Hold on. Yeah. <laughs> Whoops. Yeah, the, the summary is... Uh, <laughs> Shun, I can hear fucking Nick yelling at us for like ten minutes. Elevator what is, bitch! What is Elevator this bitch! About? What is this about? Elevator <laughs> bitch! Right after he just got done telling us to like like do this in a structure, um, yeah. So Shun Hashimoto is a novelist living in Okinawa, which like if you know Okinawa, it's like a it's like an island. Like it's part of the Japanese islands and everything like that, but it's 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 the one that's a bit farther away. Um, Anokina who meets Mio Chibana, an orphan high school student living with his relatives after his mother's death. However, Mio's reaction towards Shun reaching out to him reminds him of the estrangement from his parents after they discovered his sexual orientation. As Shun and Mio grow closer, Mio confesses that he is moving to the city, but promises to keep in contact once there. And then three years later, Mio suddenly comes back and confesses that he's in love with Shun, but Shun is overcome with guilt from depriving him of a normal life. Um, yeah, that's ba- that's basically it. And so, ha- Shun lives like with these, with the uh, this older lady, and uh, in this cafe, right, this seaside cafe, and I don't remember the name of the cafe. But that's kind of where he lives. He kind of helps out when he can uh, around the restaurant and then the cafe. And then he writes in his off time and such. I think it's also a bakery, right? It's also a bakery. Yeah, it's kind of like, you know, one of those cafes where you can sit down, but it also gets, you know, to go foot traffic and and deliveries and all that kind of stuff. Right, right. Um, Yeah, dude. Uh, and so, like you know, I, her the the lady who runs the cafe mentions to Shun in the beginning. Um, oh yeah, that that guy over there has been sitting at that bench in front of the beach like every day for a while. You know what's 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 up with him? And she was like, oh, his uh, mom recently passed away, and uh, she, her, her, you know, him and her used to come here and get uh, bread. Get almost bread every, every day, yeah, all almost the time. every day, yeah, yeah. And so, like, yeah, Shin tries to comfort him, and he gets kind of upset. And but then, like, yeah, it's so it's 
when it is, I think that really starts when he comes back three years later. Cause like, he Oh was, yeah. He got yeah. put in like an orphanage or, you know, off on the main Island. Um, cause I think he was like 17 or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. He was 17, yeah. right? Cause yeah, three years later he was 20. Yeah. Because Shun, Shun asked him, you know, Oh, well, do you have a cell phone? And, and Mio was all like, Nope. Uh, I'm 17. I can't make my own decisions right now. Right, right. So, and then he got put in like a, a foster home or orphanage, uh, on the mainland. So yeah. like, yeah. So they when he comes really back, clarify exactly like where he went. Really? Yeah, not really. Yeah. I you just I just assume because like yeah. where else would you know? Um, but yeah, he was gone. He was gone for three years and he comes back and i think that's really when it starts honestly but um yeah there you go sorry of the movie is definitely like where they first meet kind of thing intro stuff yeah 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 yeah. and then you know fast forward three years later mio comes back says hey shun i like you let's you know let's have a relationship and stuff and yeah right yeah and that's the next thing i was gonna say after the music um which like if you want to hear the end credit end credit song, I'll put it towards the end of this. But like the the way the movie is, the way it's told, some people might find it off putting because it's yeah. like in a bunch of little segments and some of those segments are longer than the others. But like, you know, they'll be doing something and something will happen and then it'll be then it'll be the next day of the next thing, right? It's it's kind of because it's slice of life, you know, the manga slice of life. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. It kind of does that the way the movie does it is with they do it like kind of like that, which is weird. You think, oh, why didn't they just make this into a short anime series instead of like trying sticking it on a movie like this? Because, right, you're going to go into it thinking, oh, this is a movie. Right. And it doesn't pace like that. It paces like a bunch of little stories in an hour, which if they presented it better, more people might get it. I understood it. I don't think it's that hard to understand, honestly. Yeah. But See, I but. think this is where this kind of movie would be a little off-putting for Nick because I feel like he wouldn't... He would get too confused with what's going on because it would just cut in the middle and then go to a different thing. Well, I think he would be more... He would definitely be more, like, irritated than confused. He'd be like, why would they do that? It doesn't yeah, make sense. Yeah, yeah, When it's it's not that hard to understand. But, like, um, just for, like, the average viewer, I think, they'd be like, oh, okay, so, like, what are we what are we doing here? Like, the, is uh, are we developing a story here? What's going on? Yeah. Which there is, right? There is, like, a developing story, an overarching plot. And the, the plot is, it's just the two characters. That's, the, mm-hmm. that's what it is. And... Um. Yeah, I I think um the main thing about it is like there's a lot of it in the because a lot of the beginning and right when Shun comes or not Shun but when Mio comes back three years later, a lot of it is Shun trying to overcome and like accept that like okay nah like I'm gay like you know what I mean like there's. <laughs> There's because there's a lot of internal and a lot of film and even a lot of boys love anime and and manga portray that coming out of the closet part badly. And here I think yeah. it was 
here I think it was done not badly, but not not as you know some of them are bad, but like here it was done pretty well, which I which I like because it was kind of just like they didn't make um it was a big deal, but like they didn't make it this super over dramatic thing. It was just yeah. like no, yeah. you know what, you're here now, and I want to I want to be with you. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I I think I have to just accept that. And I felt bad when you decided to come back for me. You could have had a normal life with a girl and not me. And because like Shun is still struggling to be like, is this still accepted or is yeah, this still he, well, not accepted? You get a glimpse of Shun's um, back, like yep. backstory and stuff and what he experienced when he was in high school and everything. Um, so he's still kind of in denial and doesn't want to accept the feelings that he has for Mio because he feels guilty that Mio came because of Shun and Shun feels that he's he ha- he has that trauma where you know his parents didn't accept him for who he is and everything like that and that's why he he moved that's why he moved to Okinawa so he's still battling those struggles on you know, this is acceptable kind of thing. Whereas Mio, you know, he doesn't care. Like he's he he loves Shun, so that's why he came back because he wanted to have a life with him. Yeah. And that's why I, I you know, this kind of thing was really, really like refreshing for me. Um, because you know the whole same the same sex scenarios in anime has definitely developed tremendously you know because there are a lot of you know shows that involve you know same sex relationships but they they kind of cringe me really um and i mean it's not like like, there are some really good yaoi stories, but that's, like, yaoi and everything. That's, like, a whole different thing. Um, I feel like a lot of a lot of Yuri anime that's out there, like Citrus, like, the whole stereotypical, oh, you know, we got, our parents got married, so we're, we're technically sisters, but, like, we have feelings for each other, so that's okay, <laughs> right? Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like... That this story isn't like that. And I feel like, um, you know, in the last in the last at least two years, same sex uh, shows have been way more focused on the romance and the slice of life rather than having this cringy twit like twist to it because it's same sex. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, and it's really weird because like um, it's it's interesting that you say that because like there's and here's why some people might have an issue with this movie, which is I don't think anyone does. I'm I'm fucking assuming and guessing. I don't think anyone does, but there's like this genre wide issue, right? Where like um, lesbian narratives have they 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 happen in this space of like you know wholeness or whatever and yuri is used as a catch-all term for 
which which not that you did it that way because you know that yuri and girl love are different but like yeah where some people say yuri for like all of it yeah yeah and then same thing with yaoi like a lot of people just revolve everything that involves two men as yaoi right and that's like not inherently what this is which is you know what i mean it's like a romance and it's like um uh it's just kind of like it's just really weird you know what i mean um the, the language involved and i think uh i think it would do i think it would do more people justice to like kind of break those habits if you're still in the habit of doing that because um then movies like this will get missed you know like um they'll just write it off as yaoi or write it off as whatever when really it's a good romance story you know what i mean it's just like you know lgbtq stuff aside you know what i mean so like but yeah no i i i agree with you like the like citrus exactly is that like problem right it's like yeah it's like yuri or girl love is inherently uh pornish or porn like Mm -hmm. and then you know vice versa and so what i what i think the I think this movie will do good by kind of bringing more normalcy to like, you know, same gender, same sex relationships because Mm -hmm. like, I think it's a good representation of it. And I think it's a good coming out of the closet representation, which is nice. Um, Yeah. Because, you know, you have someone who isn't accepting it because they, they have experienced from others that it's not acceptable from their loved ones from their loved ones yeah for sure and then you have someone who accepts it because you know i mean they they had a like a tragedy happen and stuff but you know they've they've experienced love no matter like what like whose gender it was or anything like that so right right and by them seeing that they that someone showed them um you know feelings that that's who they are like so they automatically you know accept that like love is love pretty much and that's and i feel like that's what mio was trying to get shun to realize that love is love and even even the side characters were were telling Shun, like, what the fuck's wrong with you? Like, Eerie was like, uh, what's wrong with you? Um, why haven't you spent time with Mio? Like, why are you, like, just being busy on purpose and this and that and the third? Right. So, you know, like, right. there are other people that are kind of, like, hello, like, knocking on on the window of Shun's mind. Like, hello, what are you doing? <laughs> And not because, like, they tried to force their relationship, but because, like, they knew how Shun felt about Mio. Yeah. Because of what happened in the beginning when he tried to get close to him. him. Mm -hmm. Because Mio in the beginning was, like, really gloomy and kind of standoffish and didn't really want to be around people, right? Like, he just went through some shit. So, which is what I was going to say next. Perfect segue. Mm -hmm. Character development. Character development in this is really nice. And even though... The movie is paced the way it is and told the way it's told with the different segments and little segments. Yeah, You can still see the development happening in in a pretty nice fashion. There were some things that, like, throughout throughout the time that I was watching the movie, you know, I kind of wish, like, oh, I wish they would have 
um, explained this this scene a little bit more or elaborated this scene a little bit more. You know, it it, it really made me want to see more of it. And I do feel like that freaking it says 59 minutes but it's it's literally an hour this this movie is 60 minutes long and i kind of wish that they actually pushed a little bit more and gave us maybe like 15 or at least 20 20 more minutes of the movie um because i definitely would have liked to see a little bit more elaboration um between like Mia uh Shun's kind of story on like you know him actually because how we find out Shun left was uh Sirocco came and you know was telling him like hey you should come back home this and that and the third and Shun's like no I left like that's that like I kind of would have liked to see maybe that kind of um uh what's the word I'm looking for development development yeah yeah like him just like packing up and leaving and and even meeting the like cafe owner who they they call her obachan so she doesn't really have an actual name in the in the movie so you mean you wanted to see more sakurako no not sakurako i'm talking about shun like oh like how he like you know kind of like leaving the mainland and deciding to live oh you want you wanted them to um, dive more into that yeah 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 i think uh that that happens in the second part because like the second uh manga or whatever yeah, I, think it, yeah. I think it does but like um no i get what you mean i get what you mean because i think what they tried to do is they tried to not do it like panel for panel obviously i haven't read the manga so i wouldn't know but if i had to guess Maybe they just, that's what they tried to do instead of adding things to it because they didn't want to, I don't know, maybe they didn't want to ruin it or maybe they were afraid of ruining it by adding. Maybe. You know what I mean? Yeah. But. Um, they were. De- I, f- I felt like they were definitely playing it safe with just keeping it an hour. Maybe. Yeah, maybe. I, so, I mean, mainly what I was talking about though is, is, is just the development of the character themselves. Mm-hmm. You know, regardless of their their backstory, because I think mm-hmm. I think with Shun, right, his didn't happen till later, where Mio's happened earlier. Yeah, I mean, and... you definitely see more of Mio's character development, and you know what he had with the relationship with his mom and everything. Yeah. So. Um... Well, I mean, again, I mean, just I mean, just them, and not really their backstories so much. Like they present the backstories to help develop them more, yes. But like, I think all we needed with Shun, because like our whole problem, the whole problem with Shun, right, is like, and I've been there. Okay, I get it. Mm-hmm. Uh, being in the closet, it's just really tough, especially even even when you're just in Okinawa, right? Where yeah, and where everyone knows, obviously. Right, right, right. And p- most people already kind of know. And it's a smaller town, so you're kind of... It, that makes it scarier, right? It's yeah. not like it's not like in Tokyo where there's hundreds of people doing their stuff every day. They don't even bother to look at you if you're holding hands with another person of the same gender or yeah. not, you know? Whereas in the small town, things get around quick. And, you know, it's more scary. So, like, 
Um, I think they quickly presented some of those, like the way they present flashbacks in this, which is kind of cool, is they kind of intercut them with like a similar scene that's happening. Yeah, like a situation that's happening like real time in the movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And so there's, you know, there's the part where like, so the second part of the, the movie or the second conflict rather is when Sakurako comes back to like tell Shun to like you got to come back and visit your family or whatever and we won't say why but like um she her and him just real quick her and him had like a a contract marriage since they were kids or something like that an arranged marriage yeah an arranged marriage and that is the that is another part that I wanted to discuss because it's like this um I really think what Kanaki tried to do here when writing this right and I don't and you have to excuse my ignorance, okay? Because I don't know too much about LGBTQ issues in Japan. I think in Japan, it's a lot of like, you know, don't tell anybody, you know, whatever. Yeah, it's a little bit more thing. like hush hush kind of thing. Like, like we're okay with it, but not really. So don't say anything. Yeah, kind of thing. yeah, yeah. It's still it's acceptable, but still closed minded because in Japan, especially and in, in the Asian communities, mostly a lot of them are more so like about family and honor and stuff like that. So it's, it's definitely a little bit more conservative. They think, yeah, they think some, some Asian cultures think LGBTQ stuff is dishonorable, which is, yeah, yeah. which like depends more, in, in my opinion, depends more on like your family or family class or whatever. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And yeah, yeah. anyway, I did not grow up in a typical Asian household, so I can't relate. Um, uh, same. So, yeah. So that's why. Well, yeah. Um, I, <laughs> I, I. So that's why I'm trying not to comment on it too much because I don't know. But like, I think in Japan, it's still seen as, you know, not as uh, typical. Right. Not as accepting. So I think what Kaneki tried to do here is insert this kind of little story about Shun having this arranged marriage where people are always talking about how like. How, like, oh, don't show transgender things to children because you're indoctrinating them. Yes. But what do you think this is? Like, this arranged marriage thing that you're putting on two children? Mm -hmm. That's not indoctrinating them? Like, (laughs) when did you decide that you were hetero? You know what I mean? Yeah, right, right. You didn't have to come out of the closet to be like, hey, by the way, I'm straight. Like, you know what I mean? Or, by the way, I'm cis. You didn't have to do that. (laughs) So I think it was kind of cool. That's kind of a commentary on, like, on like this societal gender norm plus this old really fucked up tradition arranged marriages needs to go away because you're forcing this you're forcing these kids into this role and it's made Shun hate himself most of his life because of it yeah and so when Mio comes along and finally says hey I love you Shun thinks yeah you could have had a normal life well what the fuck does normal mean yeah you yeah. know what I mean mm-hmm. so like the internalized homophobia that Shin has gets called out, and I, I think that's really important, and I like that because Mio is even at the end of it, right? Mio is like, yeah, but I'm into chicks, but I fell in love with you. You know what I mean? Like yeah. it was just like, mm-hmm. it was really interesting, and it was just kind of just like, that's, that's when Shin, Shin that's was kind of like, okay, no, I yeah, you're right. Like, yeah, <laughs> that that's kind of similar to what happens with in in Sasaki and Miyano a little bit, but. Um, Miyano isn't 
like he doesn't have like an internal homophobic upon himself like yeah like he doesn't hate himself yeah yeah yeah, he doesn't really hate himself he just doesn't know like he he's he's only loved one person and that was a girl and they kind of uh like brushed him off really they denied him and stuff rejected Um, rejected (laughs) 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 um (laughs) but you know so but in this movie you know it is completely different (laughs) (laughs) I'm i'm sorry that freaking reminds me of the character in uh, it's uh, the goofy movies with the sunglasses. Oh yeah, Polly Shore's character. <laughs> yeah. yeah, um, Bobby. Yeah, Bobby. Yeah. <laughs> huh? Max, look, it's the Leaning Tower of Cheesa. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I love. I completely lost track after that. Like. <laughs> You were saying in Sasaki Tumiano, it wasn't. Yeah, I know. Yeah. I, I yeah. just have words. It was just word vomit just coming out. Yeah. And like, I was eternally laughing hysterically. <laughs> we got her to review the Goofy movie on cinematography. Dude. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, dude. Um, anyway. No, no, no. I'm with it. I'm with it. Yeah. Because, like, um, and I haven't seen Sasaki Tomiyano. But, like, I know that I definitely went. Yeah. Fake fan. Uh, I definitely went through that. Like, I definitely went through that internalized, like, homophobia and transphobia. Like, no, like, nobody wants to, nobody needs to know because I'm a fuck, they're going to look at me like I'm a fucking freak because it's not normal. Yeah. It's not normal. Blah, blah, blah. And I just refuse to acknowledge that, no, this thing I'm having is a human fucking thing and people are human. You know what I mean? Like. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like, I, I, so I totally get that. I totally, and that, I think that's the problem, right? But I, I think we see that development super late. Obviously, right? Because that's, but it, it comes to the forefront in one of the the main conflicts in the movie, which is when Sakurako comes back and tells Mio all about it, and then Shin is having to decide, okay, do I go back and face my family, or does Sakurako want to get married for real again, or whatever? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And she's explaining to Mio about it, and Mio's like, oh, "Okay, well, I know what it's like to lose like a parent, so you know, um, whatever." But no, 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 yeah, yeah. No, I'm with you on that. I'm with you. I'm with you. It's, it's. There's a lot of different kinds of like denial that happens, right? And I, what I, what I really like that what Kanaki did here is insert these kind of multiple problems of like, you know, societal norms, gender norms, arranged marriage, which is a really old Japanese thing. Mm-hmm. She kind of took these problems in Japan towards LGBTQ people and attacked them all at once by giving all those problems to Shun. Right. And so um, it kind of took Mio, another man, to kind of help him out of it and face those yeah. issues. Yeah. So that's really kind of what I uh, what I like about it. And I don't know if contract marriage is still a thing in Japan, but I, again, excuse my ignorance, like because uh, I should really I should really look into it. But contract marriages in general, you know, whether you're in Japan or not, I is just everyone knows it's whack, right? You know, it's just, you know, it's it's really weird. You like you like, in some countries you like pay a, a a fee or a dowry or whatever. You pay like money, and it's like here's uh, my daughter's hand in marriage, you know, to marry into your wealthy family, that kind of thing. 
and it's just it's weird you know but I, I i really i really do like that part i really do like that part a lot uh that that's that conflict in the movie yeah but anyway so arranged marriage is still present in today's society in japan dang okay the concept I mean, of Japan having arranged marriages might come to, as a surprise to many who would have thought of them as outdated or extinct in the recent events, but they still are present. Which um, is weird, right? Because like, if it works out and the two people love each other anyway, then who cares, I guess? But like at the same time, it still seems... Yeah. Uh, Japan, yeah. I mean, Japan has a long history of arranged marriages anyway. Yeah, right, right, right. right. Um, and it, this, it, it's highlighted here in this article. Japan has changed its views somewhat. And nowadays, many people are choosing partners whom they know and love. But it, but it is estimated that around 5% to 6% of Japanese still go down the arranged marriage route and opt to have their partners choose chosen for them. So, mm. I mean, it's it's a lower number, but it's still a thing, really. Right. So, um and I, I well, and that's what I I think um I think so even in the broader sense, right? Mhm. Um even outside of Japan, we can start to like make these kinds of romance stories, regardless of gender. And uh, this movie does a good job. I think, as me as an LGBTQ person, thinks this is a pretty good representation of a gay story, which like oh, a lot yeah. of a lot of the times it can get like really annoying, right? Like a lot of the times, like they'll be cringy, like Danny mentioned earlier, or they'll be like forbidden love, mm-hmm. <gasps> yeah, which like, like... <laughs> which like they didn't really do in this one. It was more so just Shun being kind of like. Uh, you know, yeah. But I, I will say what I'm also really happy about is they showed the kiss in the in in like. Oh yeah, they kissed a few times. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Like they showed it though. Um, Straight there up, was, which there is was, important, by the way. Yeah, in because yeah. <laughs> especially in anime. So because actually in Sasaki and Miyano. There was actually a cut, which was really odd. Like you still saw it, but they kind of cut, like they they cut it to a different scene, which is a little weird. Right. So, and a little disappointed. Whereas in this, like they legit, like they sh- they fucking showed tongue. Okay. <laughs> there was tongue. There was some like hot and heavy moments in this. <laughs> yeah. Which I feel like why I like this movie a lot is because it wasn't afraid to show, you know, like those hot and heavy moments and, and everything. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it was like really cute. It was like yeah, really romantic. It, it wasn't it was, like, like you uh, felt you felt the love between and also the awkwardness because like and the, it, yes, of course, the awkwardness. Regardless like, of gender, when you do it for the first time, you're kind of like, uh does the condom go on my finger? Uh, <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, we all remember our first time, and uh, yeah, that's all I'm gonna say. <laughs> no, that was not. I didn't put my shut up. 
I didn't put my condom on my finger. If that's what you're saying, shut up. That's, I was making a joke. Now, now everyone's gonna make fun of me. Be like, oh, did you hear Sam put a condom on her finger the first time? <laughs> anyway, um, yeah, no, it, it was. It was really romantic too, and uh, um, it was really cute because like there was, it was just like, and they even showed the lube, which is nice because like lube should be yeah, normalized. Yeah, for sure. You, even in PP to VV sex, it should be normalized because yes. lube just helps everything. Oh my gosh, tremendously! <laughs> I, I, I should if I could go back in time and tell like twenty year old Danielle, like, "Hey, it's okay to have lube." Like, lube it up. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I would. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so, like, I, I really kind of like that too, and I like that they and it, they didn't really show any. They didn't show no privates, obviously. Yeah, um, like, like I said, like yeah, it was no, you know, it was like tasteful, romantic. Yeah, yeah, yeah it yeah, wasn't yeah. like straight up porn or anything like that. Yeah, 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 it yeah, was, yeah. it was definitely tasteful. Um, I, I mean, you definitely saw the passion that was happening and everything. Um, which I think they wanted to do for a more romantic story, anyway. You don't mm-hmm, want to, sh- yeah. I mean, you can if show it if you want, but I think it was better that they didn't. Yeah, I think it would definitely change the whole scenario of the movie if they showed like everything you know right right like, right. it right. definitely would have been a completely different movie and i haven't read the manga so like if the manga yeah. shows it then that's that could be awesome like oh shit i'll read that but like yeah you know, i mean i, I still kind of want to read it regardless because i i want i want to see what happens next Right, yeah, no, because like I want to find off, out what happens. Right, yeah, because this leaves off on a not a cliffhanger, but like a oh, there's another adventure we're gonna go on after this, right? Yeah, yeah. So there's the La Trainer de la Plague is one volume, and then there's four volumes of the sequel, which is La Trainer du Zephyr, which is uh, Stranger in the Spring Breeze or something like that. So, but yeah, um, I like that, like. I like that when we reviewed that just now, we kind of like rambled a little bit, but still said our thoughts. That was pretty good, right? I think that was good. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I might just <laughs> let us know. Let us know. Let us know. Planning on the podcast. Everyone take a shot. <laughs> so I do want to say this before, before, uh, Final before thoughts? I, yeah, before I pee my pants. Oh my God. Um, animation like we said earlier was just kind of okay it was pretty good it you know it wasn't bad it wasn't yeah, mid. I, I it was mean, better there... than mid but not like not like what other movie budgets have yeah there definitely yeah. weren't like a lot a lot of uh, sakuga moments really i mean there were some sakuga moments but i i feel i mean to me i feel like they're they weren't really that memorable i, I don't even want to say that they were definitely mediocre like it it was i felt like the animation definitely was just uh simple like i said like i feel like they definitely played it safe with a lot of things that went during production while they were making this movie so um right and i think I, um i think that the, the reason why too is because like you see that it's a movie right you're like oh cool it's a movie and you turn it on, 
and you expect it to kind of have that movie budget animation. Um, yeah. And I would just say don't go into it like yeah. that because honestly, and there, like, there are plenty of other anime movies that have this level of animation. Don't get me wrong. Yeah, yeah. But like you know, for a newer one, I, I think I also kind of expected like oh, you know, but yeah, honestly, like. I had no idea what I was getting into with this movie. Like, James, I, I told James that I had to watch this for because we were reviewing it, and he was asking me what it was about. I'm like, I don't know. I'm just going to watch it and find out. Oh, you didn't know that it was... Uh... <laughs> I had no idea what it was about. Like, oh, literally, I had okay. no idea. So... <laughs> I've been talking about it on the newscast here and there for... Not, not lately, right? Because it came out. A little bit ago, it came out twenty twenty. It came out like and two then, years ago. Yeah, I think the last time I mentioned it was like a couple months ago because the Blu Ray got delayed or whatever. Mm. But if you have a fun, if you're subbed on Funimation, you can watch it. Yeah, um, yeah. But and I think the Blu Ray co- will come with a Funimation digital copy too. But um, uh, yeah, I I had been mentioning it on the on the newscast, and that the last time I mentioned it was because the Blu Ray got delayed, and we finally. It's finally coming out now, so or already did I think, but yeah, dude. Um, so you went in, you went in. I blind, went in then. blind. I went blind. Yep. Okay. Yep. Nice. And I was the one who recommended to watch it. <laughs> you were just like, you guys, there's a movie 2020. Let's watch it. Okay. <laughs> yeah. It's all like Stranger by the Shore. All right, cool. the The art looks like the front cover of the like of the movie looks cool. Let's watch this. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> it's very colorful, very vibrant. So, if, like, yeah. uh, animation aside, I do love the backgrounds. I love the, I love the, um, the colors. Like I said earlier, aesthetic.jpg.png.background. <laughs> very nice. Um, the, the bench, the infamous bench that Ooh, they sit at all the time. Yeah, I love. I love that scene because, like, are the scenes where that that shows it? Because, like, in the beginning, it was um, empty. There was just a lamppost right next it was, to it. Yeah, and then Mio gives before he leaves. He gives um, Shun these seeds that his mom his mom grows flowers, and so he put those flowers by the bench, and it was just like, oh, it was so pretty. It was so cute. I was like, oh man, <laughs> like, <laughs> it was so pretty. So when Mio came back, he's like, oh, you, what are these flowers? These flowers are beautiful. And he's like, yeah, they're the ones from your mom. I put them here. Yeah. When you left. And it's like, oh, man. Yeah. <laughs> it's so cute. <laughs> but yeah, no, that that scene is beautiful. The backgrounds are beautiful. The clouds are very, very fluffy. The blue sky is very the bright. The cats very... are adorable. The cat. Okay. Tanjo. Tanjo movie. <laughs> What's really cute about the cats is like every time a opposite interest visits Shun, all the cats swarm that person. Yeah. So, like, they're always around Mio when he's around, and then when Sakurako comes to, like, quote-unquote, get him back, all the cats, like, are around her, and it's really cute. It's really I funny. Just, I just sent a, a picture on on the private DMs on my yeah, the favorite. Cats. <laughs> on my favorite picture of the cats. They're, like, hugging. It's so cute. Yeah, that, that black and white cat and the white cat always cuddle with each other. It's so cute. 
I, I think love it's it, the dude. I think it's the white cat. The white cat has like kind of like a black spot by their mouth, and it kind of looks like a mole a little bit. Oh yeah, I love it. I love. And there's it. also like a there's also a, another white cat that you still you still only see once or twice, but it's yeah. like a little fatter, it's a little chungus. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like honey bear chungus. Oh no, the the black and white cat has the little mole. Oh okay 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 yeah but Still yeah cute, no though. the the white the all white cat and the black and white cat are pretty much they they like they're the main characters fuck Mio and Ch- and Shun like the cats <laughs> are the main characters as soon as the cats came on screen in the beginning I was like I need to watch the rest of the time time movie right <laughs> but yeah no it's really also this is another one of those movies where the food looks really fucking good oh yeah. And I was like, they didn't show any more of it after the beginning. I was like, wait, go back I to the know. food. I know, right? I'm hungry. <laughs> Come on, show me more, please. It was good. Yeah, it looks it. So animation aside, it looks very nice. Like the art is very well done. The backgrounds are very well done, and the um, the colors are woo. Yeah. Um. Solid. Let me. Let me. Why don't you uh. Why don't you give me your final thought? Any final thoughts you have? I'm gonna try and look for, um, to see who did like the background art and stuff. Um, I should have before, so my bad. Working on the podcast. Sorry, <laughs> everyone, take a shot. Um. Well, I mean, like I said, I mean, I I went in blind with this movie. Like, I had no idea what I was going to watch. Um. Like I said, I I looked at the picture on any list. I was like, oh. It seems cool. Let's watch this. So, and when I actually found out that it, like, when I, uh, when I was started watching it and, you know, I kind of was all like, okay, let's deep dive into this a little bit more. And then I realized that it was a romance. It's just like, ooh, I like, this is giving me Sasaki and Miyano vibes and, and everything. It was just a really cute story. I really enjoyed it. Um, it didn't, uh, the kind of i will say the kind of choppiness of kind of like the time skips between each days and like each events that happened was a little kind of like oh whoa like like startled me a little bit because it's like oh they just finished this oh now they're now they have another situation going on and um so it was a little bit jagged to me um but yeah, it not, didn't, not not linear, but linear, but not, you know? Yeah, kind of yeah, yeah. But it didn't really affect the way, like, on how I enjoyed it and everything. It it honestly really makes me just want to read it. Like, I, I just want to yeah. read the manga. Yeah. Flat I out. did get those, like, slice of life manga vibes and how it was told like that. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Like, yeah. I, I totally want to want to know what happens next. Sure. For sure. So, um, I'm get I'm definitely getting, like that urge to read it like how I felt with Tokyo Revengers. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's like, I need to know. <laughs> the latest chapter today was wild. Oh my God. Oh, don't Looking even crazy. tell, like, don't, don't tell me. Cause I, I need to catch up. I haven't, I haven't, I haven't so touched crazy. it yet. So, so I did not, I did not find the background artist, but the art director was Yumiko Kuga from studio Jack. Okay. Um, and they they do background art from Haven't You Heard I'm Sakamoto, Pokemon the Movie Secrets of the Jungle, Pokemon the Movie Volcanion and the Mechanical Marvel, and Robi Hachi. So I'm sure they did do the background art for this too. Um, cool. 
cool. But yeah, my final thoughts are pretty much what what Danny said. I think it's a nice little package of a movie, very nice gay representation, and kind of attacking some of those societal pressures on LGBTQ people mm-hmm. and and the societal norms that are just ridiculous. You know what I mean? Kind of attacking those a little bit in a subtle way, which I like. Um, and very colorful. Really like it. And I do also want to read the mango chutney as well. Even though I'm not a fan of actual mango chutney, I want to read this mango chutney. I don't think I've ever really had mango chutney, to be honest with you. (laughs) This is now a chutney podcast. We're going to talk about different kinds of chutneys. Um, But yeah, no, I'm with Danny. I'm I'm with Danny. I would definitely want to read it. Definitely want to read the first volume. And I don't know if they're going to make another movie. They haven't said anything about it. Like if they're going to adapt, like, you know, the the Spring Breeze part or anything like that. Yeah. I mean, but. I would love for them to do it. Totally. Like, absolutely. I would I would love for, you know, these little like hour long movies to be kind of like a like a series for the material. But if they don't, then that's OK. That's fine. Like we still have the manga material out yeah. there. So like the movie didn't blow me away enough to be like, I need another movie, you know, yeah, but, like, yeah, but I wouldn't like, mind. I wouldn't mind. You know? Yeah. yeah. I, I mean, if they if they announced that they were going to make another one tomorrow, I'd be like, cool, I'll be freaking excited to see that. Yeah. But yeah, yeah. as of right now, like I'm I'm not like that. You know, I'm just all like, OK, where can I read this? Because I want to read it. Absolutely. Absolutely. Hell yeah. Okay. Let's let's score it, dude. I'll I'll go first. I'll go first. I give it mm, you know what? I'm gonna say seven kitties out of ten. Ooh. Seven cafe cats out okay. of ten. Okay. Just nice, decent, better, you know, not not mid. Better than yeah. mid, I think. Definitely a nice movie. Yeah. I like I like the LGBTQ stuff in it, you know. So, yeah, that's what I'm saying. I I give it an eight out of um eight out of I'm trying to think eight out of uh beach benches. Oh, <laughs> so cute! I love the beach bench <laughs> with the um, flowers and everything. With the flowers, with dude. the flowers. Yeah. Um, so. hell yeah, dude. Um, the art is really nice. I really like the art. It's really colorful. Otherwise, I probably would have. Yeah, I say seven. I say seven or seven and a half, but definitely, yeah, definitely seven. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Yeah, dude. All right. If you haven't seen it. You should watch it. It's only an hour. You can get a Funimation sub for it and uh, pretty decent. If not, sail the, si- sail the high seas. If not, you know, yeah, you don't go sailing. <laughs> um, sailing yeah. takes me away. <laughs> <laughs> Come sail away. Come sail away. <laughs> We're now going to talk about all the songs that have to do with sailing. Sailing? <laughs> Anyway, um, yeah, dude, you should watch it. Definitely watch it. It's a very nice package. Definitely going to read the mango, and maybe we could do a review on the mango in some other EX episode or something. Oh, yeah. But 
that being said, um, hopefully we'll get back on. We'll get Nick back on track. Yeah, um, hopefully we'll get him for next week. He gets he gets super, and I feel the same way. Obviously, I think we all feel the same way. But we get we get kind of bummed out when we miss an episode. So I know the last time I missed one, I definitely wasn't feeling good, so I didn't feel too bad about it. But like, <laughs> yeah, Nick Nick feels super bummed that he's been missing. So we'll get him back on track, and then we'll get back on track, and then hell yeah, dude. Um, that being said. Uh, thank you for listening every week. You know it means a lot to us. And uh, you should join the Discord. Hang out with yeah, us. Yeah, hang out with us. We've been actually doing some uh, Mario Kart nights. Yeah, we've been playing Mario been Kart. Fun. Which I discovered that my left stick on my Switch Lite is that might sucks, be busted. Dude. Might be busted. I know. But uh, that being said, uh, if you have a Switch and you want to play games, want to play Smash Brothers, Mario Kart, uh, yeah, you should play with us. Um, but that's why the Discord's fun, because we're always doing fun shit in there. Mm-hmm, so, mm-hmm. Um, Love you guys very much. Thank you. I'll always love you guys just the way you are. Uh, that being said, I've been Sam. That is Danny Hootenanny, and we've been the Anime Summit Podcast. <laughs>